0: Good morning, how's everyone doing today? If you could, please stand. And does someone want to praise God for either who he is or something he has done? All right, we're going to, so this is the beginning of March, so we always do, anybody who has a birthday in March, just raise your hand. Wow. Wow. Okay, we're going to go ahead and sing happy birthday to you guys. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday
1: to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday
0: to you. All right, we're going to read Psalms 49 today. For the director of music, the son of Korah. A psalm. Hear this, all you peoples. Listen, all who live in this world, both low and high, rich and poor alike. My mouth will speak words of wisdom. The meditation of my heart will give you understanding. I will turn my ear to a proverb. With the harp, I will expound my riddle. Why should I fear when evil days come, when wicked deceivers surround me? Those who trust in their wealth. And boast of their great riches. No one can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for them. The ransom for a life is costly. No payment is ever enough so that you should live on forever and not see decay. For all can see that the wise die, that the foolish and the senseless also perish, leaving their wealth to others. Their tombs will remain Their houses forever, their dwellings for endless generations, though they had names, named lands after themselves. People, despite their wealth, do not endure. They are like the beasts that perish. This is the fate of those who trust in themselves and of their followers who approve of their sayings. They are like sheep and are destined to die. Death will be their shepherd. But the upright will prevail over them in the morning. Their forms will decay in the grave, far from their princely mansions. But God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He will surely take me to himself. Do not be overawed when others grow rich, when the splendor of their houses increase. For they will take nothing with them when they die. Their splendor will not descend with them. Though while they live, they count themselves blessed, and people praise you when you prosper, they will join those who have gone before them, who will never again see the light of life. People who have wealth but lack understanding are like beasts who perish. And this reminds me of that saying that says, there's never a moving truck following a hearse. That the people that are blessed on this life and don't have wisdom aren't truly blessed is one of the main themes in that. So let's go ahead and say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's worship.
2: Can be Matthew 26 26 through 29 says, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for you, many for forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we lift up the communion to you and ask you to bless it. Let us take it in a pure heart, Lord. And if we have anything against our brothers, Lord, may we give it to you and make new. We just praise and glorify you, and it's in Jesus' name, amen.
3: Now is the time in the service for announcements. If you haven't got your bulletin yet today, it's green. We probably have some extras left over. If you want to write sermon notes, um, prayer requests. If you met someone new today and you want to remember their name, write, you can write it there. If you're new here and you want to get connected with us, you can try this little thing here. <laughs> I don't know how to describe that. But it's also on the back of the bulletin, too. So um, try that. Uh, pill bottle collections, we're always accepting empty pill bottles. Um, they could be prescription or over the counter. We give them over to Matthew 25s for um, lots of different things that they do with them. Ink cartridge collection, uh, when you're done with your ink cartridge, bring it in. Um, it helps us reduce the cost of office supplies here. Worship team practice, the first Monday of the month, which is tomorrow, correct? Um, singers, musicians, sound techs, we'll see you at 7 p.m. Refit Free Dance Fitness Class, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 6.30 to 7.30. <laughs> Men's Night, first Wednesday of the month, uh, which is also this week, 6 to 8 p.m. here at the church. Food and Fellowship is the third Wednesday of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. Empty nesters studying the book of Colossians. Lots of things going on this week. Starting this week, um, it will be here at the church for the first week. And uh, if you have any questions, you can contact Sharon Ponchat. And the books are here. So if you ordered one, please see Sharon after service. Food pantry closed closets every Thursday, 5 to 7. Um, if you have any questions, you can ask myself. Um, Linda attested to just wonderful things that are happening. It's not wonderful that people have needs, but it's wonderful that they know a place they can come to when they do have those. Breakfast Fellowship, first Sunday of the month, 9.30. We had it this morning. Sorry if you missed it. Uh, Breakfast is better when we eat together. Thank you dinner next Sunday, March 10th at 6 p.m. This is to anyone who has served in any way in the church. We want to just say thank you uh, from the church. And so we will have a catered meal here. So please plan to be here so we don't have lots of leftovers. (laughs) Goshen Community Easter Egg Hunt is Saturday, March 30th at 11. Um, It is at the Goshen High School football stadium. Heartland has committed to collecting 5,000 eggs uh, plastic eggs filled with candy stickers small toys um, you can bring any or all of those in you can pre-fill them you can buy them pre-filled you can bring them empty whatever you like roots to blossoms this is area christian women's spring banquet thursday april 18th at six thirty. 30 um, if you would like to go this is for ladies Uh, (laughs) If you would like to go, we need your paid reservation to Sharon Ponshot by Sunday, March 24th. Um, If you have other questions, you can ask Sharon. Um, A lot of the ladies have been been there before. They do one in the spring and one in the fall generally, Um, and it's a good time. If cost is a problem, please let uh, Sharon know. Weekly budget is listed here, um, and ministries you support through giving. We'll get some of this information updated since we've had a budget and financial meeting, so um, we have some new things to share with you. Ways to give is in person. There's an offering box in the back of the sanctuary and online. You can give a once a month. Um, you can give a one-time gift or recurring. Uh, now is the time for the meet and greet. Thank you.
0: All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. I hope everyone has had a blessed week. And some of you guys who have listened to my last sermons might be thinking, I hope we haven't had a blessed week. Because thanks to your sermon, we think people who are blessed mourn and weep and are poor in spirit and persecuted. But of course, I'm just kidding about that. Um, We have been studying the Beatitudes. and the beatitudes, well, the word beatitude uh, just means blessings or happiness. And just to recap uh, what we have been talking about for the last couple of weeks is Jesus is on this mountainside teaching his disciples, uh, commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount. And he is teaching that happiness and blessings come through tough things. These teachings are transformative Unlike the world, he teaches us that these best blessings come later through eternal life. But before we get in today's lesson, let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that we're able to, that that you gave us words that lasted forever. Over 2,000 years ago, you made a claim that not many people can make, and that's that my words will never pass away. So I just pray as we hear your words that we will value them, we would have reverence for them, and that they would change what we think about and influence everything we think about in this life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So uh, please find Matthew 5, 1 through 12, and then stand for the reading of God's word. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You may be seated. So our next beatitude that we'll be talking about today is going to be found in Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. The first thing we should look at is what is a peacemaker? And there's all different kinds of directions our minds can go in trying to define what a peacemaker is. If you look at the world, what do we see? We see people trying to use violence to bring about peace. We say, let's fight terrorism, so then we go out and kill terrorists. If you listen to the news, there's a lot of talk about military deterrence right now. And this deterrence idea is that you have to have the most advanced violent uh, violent, devastating weapons to deter your enemy from using theirs the israelites at the time of jesus were hoping to use violence to bring peace by making their enemies submit to them the interesting thing is even if they would have defeated the romans the romans ended up being conquered later on anyway So even if the Israelites defeated the Romans, they would still have had to fight other nations and would have likely ended up in the same situation. In fact, the Israelites ignored Jesus' instructions to stop using military force. And because of this, it led to many Israelites dying and the temple being completely destroyed. As time goes on, it seems as if the world is less peaceful. Now, not only do we have wars over land, religion, and power, you have mass murders who come in and kill people for sport. You have people walking into public places and murdering children. Peace can look unattainable when you look at the world. So let's turn from the world and look at the Word. I think as we learn from Jesus, we will find peace is attainable, and we can find hope. So what does the Bible say about being a peacemaker? Well, the first place we start uh, would be James three eighteen through James 4, 4. Peacemakers who sow peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from... Your desires, the battle within you, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, and you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be friend, be a friend of the world becomes enemy of God. So James tells us that peace has to start with our hearts. He tells us that violence and arguments are rooted in selfish desires. Think about how much more peaceful we would be if we were content. One of the things that come to my mind is our jobs and our careers. A lot of times we see an employee content with their wages or their job until what they see somebody is paid more than them or being treated better than them. Then what happens? Well, a lot of times either there's conflicts with other employees or the boss, and sometimes that manifests outwardly and sometimes that manifests inwardly. There is a way to deal with things without being angry and trying to hurt someone. And when I say hurt someone, I'm not just talking about physically, but also emotionally. Because often people think it's okay to hurt people emotionally if they think they deserve it. I just had a situation that came up on Friday. Um, As an HVAC technician, we get an hourly pay and a commission. And one of our other techs sold a job, which had a pretty big commission on it. And the equipment was too complicated for our installers to set up. So my boss contacted me and asked me to read up on this new equipment and then set, up, set it up for the installers. And then a couple of the installers were asking, aren't you mad that this other tech is making the commission while you set up the equipment that he sold? And of course they said that because he had already gotten the commission for that job. And let me be upfront with you. There is that temptation at that moment to accept what they were saying. And I had, the night before, I hadn't meditated and prayed to God. And I felt content the night before I went to this job. But when I was being pressed by those guys, it was almost like a force pressing against my heart, making me upset. There was something that I was studying, though, for this sermon that prepared me for this struggle. But I will get to that later. Now, regarding our desires, James tells us we need to take it to God. He says, we do not have because we do not ask or because we do ask with wrong motives. That means we actually need to think about what we're praying. We read the Lord's Prayer every week. And when we do that, we write this prayer in our hearts. That way we know how to pray. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord's Prayer is the only prayer in your life and that's the only prayer you should say. But when we memorize that, it's teaching us how God wants us to pray. That prayer gets us thinking about what's more important. The Lord's prayer reminds us and empowers us to avoid temptation. And as we speak that prayer to God, God's prayer should speak back to our hearts. Reminding us what is important. It teaches us to pray to get our daily bread and not a lifetime supply of bread. We need to be thinking about our motives when we pray and avoid being selfish. That would be a great place to start in prayer. Also, we have to realize that we do not have the strength on our own to fight selfishness. To realize we need to be praying for the power of God to defeat selfishness. And when we defeat selfishness, that is a key ingredient on being a peacemaker, as James said. The Bible teaches us that our minds have to be governed by the Spirit to receive peace. We can't be peacemakers if we don't have peace ourselves. And this is found in Romans 5, I'm sorry, Romans 8, 5 through 8. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed or subject by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You know, it's that time of year where you see signs all over the place telling you to vote for a particular candidate. There's all these candidates trying to win your vote in all kinds of political ads at this time of year. So many of them show their candidate saluting the military and having an adorable family, maybe even holding a little adorable baby. Then they show the other candidate uh, with an American flag burning in the background or starving children in the background. And then they make their supporting candidate have a glow like they're an angel. Now, when it comes to government officials, the gloves come off. And then there's usually the presidential election. Usually, there's only two choices that win. And most people think that that's the most important election. But it's not. There's two candidates after your heart you have the flesh and the spirit. You have an it, invisible enemy that came to lie, kill, and destroy. And like the politicians, the enemy tries to use camera, tr- camera tricks to get you to elect him as authority in your mind. He makes people think that they're in charge while they become slaves to all kinds of evil and desires that war against peace with God and peace with other people. So it's so important. That you choose the spirit to govern your mind. Because anytime you have government, there is an authoritative figure. In this first, those authoritative figures are the flesh and the spirit. And anytime there's a government in authority, there are laws. If there is no authority or no laws, then everybody just does what they think is right. For example, uh, the Nazis thought they were doing the world a great justice by doing racial cleansing. There were many people who thought that they were right. Hitler caused many churches to teach this in that area. He caused many households to believe this. Their minds weren't being governed by the Spirit of God. Their minds were governed by the same evil spirit as Hitler. Now, if their minds were governed by the Spirit of Jesus they would have said, blessed are the peacemakers and many other teachings that agree with this from Jesus. So when you remove the authority from God and the teachings of Jesus and just say they are suggestions, we would have no right to say that Hitler was wrong. Jesus' words aren't just suggestions. They are full of life and, spirit. and they should govern our mind so that we may have life. And Jesus talks about this. He spoke about this in John 6, 63. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of life and spirit. And some people hear words like laws and rules and they cringe. But if we realize that His laws and rules are full of spirit and life, then that should change what we think about His rules and His laws. His rules and laws are full of spirit. And if we want to have our minds governed by the Spirit, we need to have faith in Jesus by following His laws or His words. And from what Paul says in Romans, If we do allow his laws to govern our minds, we will find peace. If we teach others to allow Jesus' laws and rules to govern their minds, they can find peace also. Now, Peter reminds us that peace doesn't just fall into our lap. We have to pursue it. And we find this in 1 Peter 3, 9-11. Don't repay evil. With evil, or insult with insult. On the contrary, repair, repay evil with blessings because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. There, that blessing word comes again. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil, and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. So back to that story where I'm setting up the HVAC system, and the installers are asking me if I'm upset that that guy is getting the commission, and he is not the one following up and doing the work and setting up this equipment. That verse was a game changer. Because if somebody is doing something that's evil, it says, Do not repay them with evil. Now, I don't necessarily think that situation was evil. So who am I to cause division in a workplace over money? I'm supposed to be ready to bless someone who is trying to hurt me and say all kinds of evil against me. And because this verse was written in my heart, because I just had studied it and meditated on it, I was able to withstand that pressure that the enemy threw at me. I was able to tell those guys that I was content. The light of the word helped me see that that situation really isn't that bad. I'm still in a pretty good situation here in America. In fact, one of those guys is struggling to choose who he wants to govern his mind. And I have personally had a conversation with him before, and one of our other installers has had a conversation with him about his faith. And as being the church... We are an example of what peacemakers look like, right? The the church is Christ's body at work. He chose to bring us peace. He chose us to pursue peace. We are the ones to take the initiative, to talk people out of anger and violence. God has called us to continually walk in his spirit and be governed by his life-giving words. He doesn't promise us that the world would be this wonderful, peaceful place with, I don't know, unicorns and balloons. (laughs) Some people are like, that's the opposite of peace. Probably I would be one of those. But he does promise we can find peace in this crazy world. And when we have peace with God, we don't have to keep that to ourselves. We become peacemakers. So Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And I don't have the verse on me, but I know it's in Hebrews somewhere, maybe 12 or something. And it talks about how Jesus is the pioneer of faith. He's the one who went before us as an example, being obedient all the way to death. And we look at Jesus' life, and we want to follow that example. Because that is what this Christian faith is about. And this beatitude says, if we are peacemakers we will be called children of God. Well, what does that mean to be a child of God? What does Jesus mean in this specific beatitude? Well, this should tell us something about being a peacemaker. So I'm going to give you a few examples. There's much more. I, could have, I didn't want to exhaust you guys with a ton of verses, um, but I've got a couple of verses here that tell us what it means to be a child of God in this situation. Um, Ephesians 5.1 says, Ephesians 5.1 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Now, during biblical times in that culture, if you called someone your father, that meant you were trying to imitate them. There wasn't this idea that you just follow your own dreams and do what you want. There was this expectation that you were going to continue on like your father did. And when you said to someone else was your father that you acted like them. For example, in the Simpson household, or the Simpson boys, we are known for all having attention deficit disorder. So that's how we were identified. We all expected every single boy. I think there's like one boy out of I don't know how many grandkids and everything uh, my mom has uh, that doesn't have ADD. And by majority, I'd say like 90% of us do. But I know that verse is short, so let's look at another verse that makes it a little bit clearer. This is Jesus trying to teach the Pharisees, and they are not wanting to accept his teaching. So we'll cut in uh, at John 8, 39 through 44. And this is uh, Pharisees starting out. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were, this is Jesus talking back, if you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, I guess he would have told me that there, Then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would have loved me. For I have come here from God, I have not come on my own, God has sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. So Jesus gives us a few examples here. Jesus says, if we have a lifestyle of murder and lies, that our father is the devil. So in other words, if we are living in continual sin, our father is the devil like the Pharisees. But But we also have the other example. If we follow the example of truth and love, And anything else that Jesus teaches, God is our father because, as he says in there, his teachings come from God. So our example is God who sent his son to bring peace to the earth. God did not even hold back his son, his one and only begotten son. He gave him to the world to teach them the way, the truth, and the life, and to die For our sins. Humanity was evil as a whole, and God used his son as a peace offering. Jesus paid a heavy price for peace. He died so evil men and women could be free from their father, the devil, and to have peace with God. He didn't wait till everyone had their acts together, he went into the midst. Of these evil false teachers and showed us how to be peacemakers. On that mount, Jesus instructed us to love our enemies so we can try to bring peace to them. If we want to be called children of God, we have to follow Jesus' example as dearly loved children. He is the most perfect example. He looks exactly like his father. In the gospel, he told people, if you have seen me, You have seen the Father. They look just like each other. So let's take encouragement and hope from this blessing. Let's believe the instructions of Jesus that he can give us the strength to put our desires to the side so we can be peacemakers. We can instruct people not to fight, that we ourselves will pursue peace with God in our hearts in peace with everyone around us to the best of our abilities. That way, when the world sees us, they can see Jesus because He is just like His Father. And that's what the world needs. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank You. Thank You for sending Your Son as a peacemaker. I just pray that You would renew that thought in our minds, that You would renew um, the, the urgency of peace, that you would renew our, our minds and help us meditate on that and that it would bring forth fruit, that we, we would look just like God and look like Jesus, that people would see us and be like, wow, I cannot believe they're so peaceful. I cannot believe they act like that because you have given us strength. So I just pray for myself and everyone in this room that you will empower us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So before we conclude the service, I'm going to speak a blessing over you. And at the end of the service, we will have the worship team come up and play one last song. And as they're playing, you will have an opportunity either on your own or you can come over here and we can pray for you. As it says in James, is anyone sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them, and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray so that you may be healed. And also, if you want to talk about anything that you heard in the service or you're, you desire to want to know how you can follow Jesus or become a Christian, um, I will be available after the service as well. So, Let me go ahead and speak the blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.